Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, um, I don't generally plan things this way. It just kind of worked out. We have a Kenya Sunday, and our text for this morning really fits uh, the theme perfectly. We've been talking about what God says when he calls people into ministry and, and that sort of a thing. Today, specifically, what we're talking about is the calling of some of these disciples. So this is a story of Jesus walking by some fishermen, and uh, he just calls out to them and says, follow me. And you see, they just whoop, pick right up, and they go. And it's, it's a pretty cool thing. So uh, also, just by note, John here that's referenced, that's John the Baptist. You probably would have figured that out, but just in case you were wondering, that's who that is. Because this is the gospel of our Lord, would you please stand? Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going on a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat mending nets. And immediately he called them. And they, were left, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. This is the gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. Brothers and sisters in Christ, just a, a little bit of programming note and update. We are having Omega Hour following worship. Um, we are doing a, a big overview of the Old Testament, um, not doing it all in one Sunday, of course. We're going to start looking at Genesis today and just kind of see how far we get into that. But we did a big kind of overview last week of here's the, the narrative of the Old Testament. And this morning, we're going to look at Genesis and pick up some major themes and people in Genesis. Omega Hour is a, is a great opportunity kind of like um, get into something. It's, it's Bible study-esque. It's not exactly a Bible study. We're not going to dig into one text, but it is a lot like a Bible study. And then just a reminder, Wednesday evenings at 6 o'clock, we're doing Bible study. That Everybody gets together. The kiddos will head out after just a real short opening. So if, if you've got kids, you bring them, right? Uh, grades 3 and on up, you bring them here. We do a quick family opening. They head out to confirmation, and then we do Bible study. We're in Ephesians. And it is just awesome. I, I love the book of Ephesians. And that we do, like dig into the text. What is this saying? Um, and, and I lead that Bible study. I absolutely love it. So 6 o'clock on Wednesdays as well. Uh, with that, I'm here to tell you, <laughs> it's always time. It's always time. First point in the sermon. I've learned over the years uh, that when it comes to, to mission and ministry, that it's not about trying to figure out the exact moment or look for the certain signs that God is about to do something and then try and plan for it. But instead to kind of sit back and you watch and you wait. A very wise man, um, when I was just starting out in the ministry, he was just a very cool guy, a, a lay person. Love this man to death. His name is Mike, just incredible dude. And and he said to me one day, he goes, Luke, you're always trying to hit home runs, and, and that's great. We love it. Sometimes you got to just take a walk. 
And I went, there's a lot of wisdom in that. Sometimes you're looking and you're waiting for that pitch to hit out of the park. And sometimes if you just wait and wait and be patient, you don't get the home run, but you get to first, which might get you to second on your way to third and home. So I've learned more than anything, instead of trying to hit home runs, that in our lives, when it comes to discipleship, ministry, and mission, sometimes you just got to take a walk. Not like literally around a building or something, but you take a walk, you know what I mean. Why do I bring that up? The beginning of this whole Kenya thing that is living faith was a lot of me wishing I was still hitting home runs and ended up taking a walk. See, I first went to, to Kenya back in Michigan as a pastor and absolutely fell in love with it. And, and the people here who have gone, have been on this trip, they go, I'm, I know what you're talking about. I've been there. I know what that is. And then coming here, there wasn't a, a Kenya mission spark or drive or excitement to it. And I, and I believe, as a, as a leader, my job isn't to force something on a congregation and tell you, this is now what you want to do and love to do, right? And you sit back. And so for a couple of years, I, I was really kind of like, I guess that, that part of my life was over. God had in store for me a certain thing, and that thing was good, and it taught me, it formed me, it shaped me, but it's, it's over, and I had kind of grieved it and passed it and just sort of said, okay, so what does God have here next? And I was looking for what was next. And then one day, three Kenyans walk through the front door. <laughs> Not even the beginning of a joke. It's just actually the truth. Three Kenyans here in Des Moines walk through our front door. And I said, Jumbo. <laughs> and they went, how do you know how to say hello? And so I healed. I said, I've been to Kenya. And we, we started to talk and just have this incredible bond. And they began worshiping here Sunday afternoons. And we developed and formed this relationship. And they said, you should come with us. And you should come back to our home and see our family and see this thing that we are doing there, this, this ministry that, that we have been doing there. They started it. It's on their own. And it, it's called the Tumaini Empowerment Center. Started as a feeding program, grew over the years. And, and it was just this incredible thing that we did. We get, got to go and see it. And we, we went there. And then it just sort of grew from there. And this congregation fell in love with it. And it's, it's the point of, of, of telling you that part of the story is that it's always time. In our text this morning, Jesus is walking by the Sea of Galilee, and, and he says, uh, the time has come, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent and believe. When he said the kingdom of God is at hand, he's speaking in a real particular, specific sense. Right? A real particular and specific sense that I'm right here, and this ministry and mission that is about me is right now. We're doing a thing. Here we go. But as Christians, sometimes we think, well, that was that time when he said the kingdom of, of God is at hand. That was back then. Well, it was fulfilled because he was there. See, the, the thing about Christianity that, that I've said so many times is just mind-blowing to, to, to the world of other religions in general is that 
our God is not far from us. He's not on top of some mountain that we travel to to, to get to the top of to see if he's really there. Our, our God is not in outer space somewhere and, and we call to him and hope he can hear us. We have to pray really, really loud or maybe he'll, our God is with us. That's what his, his promise has been through this whole thing. It's follow me, meaning with me. We are going together. It is, it is constantly, remember, to Gideon, I will be with you. Over and over again, God promises that he is with us. And at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes to us. God lives in us. We witnessed this morning with little Bryson, this, this thing just happened. God is with him his whole life. That's the promise. And so with us means Jesus is always with us. That means the kingdom of heaven is always at hand. And every time we go someplace to proclaim that kingdom of God, Jesus goes with us. And the kingdom of heaven is at hand right there. Like I said in the children's message, sometimes that any time we go somewhere is just across the street to a neighbor or to the next cubicle, to a, a co-worker, or down the street, or to Thanksgiving and a family member, whoever it is, our going and fulfilling this, this great commission that God gave as Jesus spoke that out to, to all the earth, right? When he, he said to go to all the earth begins with that earth that's just one step in front of you. That's still part of all the earth, Right? So no matter what, we, we don't consider this, this Kenya mission to be the most important thing at living faith. It's not. It's, this is not the, the most amazing way God works through this church. It really isn't. It gets a lot of press, and I know it gets its own Sunday. We had Rally Sunday, all these other ministries and missions, simply because it points to what is most important all of the time. And that is that we have a Savior who comes to us. In the same way, people in Africa welcome us as we arrive and we give to them the gospel, the good news of Christ Jesus. In the same way that we do that all the way over there, we do it here. And, and, I, and I have to say, I'm very proud that this congregation, from, from the you know, every single person in here, the brand new to the been here forevers, have that same focus that the gospel is the most important thing. So if you've ever wondered, what do we do when we go to Kenya? Do we dig wells? Do we build buildings? Do we paint things? The answer is, no, we don't do any of those things. <laughs> we don't do any of that stuff. They have people building and digging and painting over there already. And they're better at it than we are, by the way. <laughs> they do their type of construction and all of that much better than we can. What do we do when we go there? We share the gospel. You know, as, as Paul went town to town in the New Testament, fulfilling this great commission and having his mind set on literally going to as far as he knew the ends of the earth were, he, he was a tent maker by trade. He was all of these other things. He, he didn't paint one synagogue. He didn't dig a single well. He didn't do any of those things. He went to the ends of the earth and shared the gospel, the good news that's what Paul did, and it, was it significant? Was it important? Well, we read about it 2,000 years later. 
seems like it had an impact. It seems like it changed some lives intergenerationally. So, that's the points and the purpose behind the mission, behind everything that we do. But I know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking that um, I'm not the right man for the job. Well, I got good news for you. It's not that way. It's the right job for the man. This is the right job for you. It's not that you have everything it takes to go to Kenya. That's, that's not even what we're talking about. I'm talking about the job the, the encouragement, but the command to share the love of Jesus with others. That's the job designed for you. It's not the other way around. I mean, there are things in, the, in our world that, like, I'm just not designed to do that. I'm not designed to do this. There are things specifically. Like I'm not designed for childbirth, right? That's, that's pretty simple and obvious. I'm also not designed to teach little kids, Right? That's not going to happen. I don't have the patience for that. I'm not designed to do a lot of different things because I'm not gifted and talented for it, but that's not how this job works. This job works very simply. There's something designed for you to do when it comes to sharing the gospel, and you don't even necessarily know what that is yet. And I'm going to introduce you to a guy. Gail, come on up. This guy... You might be thinking, how is he designed to be a missionary in Africa? I don't even know that guy, right? Well, guess he's not even a member of our church. We found him at the airport. He was wandering around, and we... Just kidding. I'm going to tell you the story of, of how we found Gail in just a minute. But first, um, I know you wanted to say something. Before you do, I'm going to pitch you a question. I said it was going to be easy. Um, do you feel like the job was right for you in Kenya? And if yes, tell us why. Absolutely, it was right for me. Um, I didn't know what I was going to do there. And I asked Pastor Luke and Joanne, what's our plan? Well, we have no plan. <laughs> oh, brother. And uh, they said, we'll know when we get there. And, and they were absolutely right in that. And, uh, but I was expecting to go there and do something for the Kenyans. And they did so much more for me. And the mission trip continues to go on today. Uh, you just can't realize what it does to change your life. And everybody you meet after that, they want to know more and you tell them more and you get to share the gospel with so many people that you would have never shared it with before. And I can only imagine, I mean, you probably had oh, nothing to, to connect with these Kenyans being just a simple farmer from Iowa. That's right. Uh, so I farmed for, since I was a little kid, actually, and uh, so that's all I ever knew was farming and work, and, and uh, throughout my life, I was making all these plans. I was going to retire and and do things with my wife, and uh, uh, all that got changed suddenly. Uh, after 48 years of marriage, I lost my wife to leukemia, and I didn't know what I was going to do. And all of a sudden, this, this trip comes up, and uh, says, well, maybe God does have a plan for me, because all the time I was farming, I thought, is this really what God had intended for me? 
and wasn't there something more and and didn't know what it was going to be and then all of a sudden this comes up and yeah but what can I do I'm just a farmer and uh, unbelievably when I get over there once they found out I was a farmer I was like a magnet uh, <laughs> people were following me around they wanted to show me things they wanted to share things and it was just unbelievable I, I suspected that it would be a, a good connection that you farm it's a very agricultural but you wouldn't believe the connection that Gail had with so many people and it was you know they would they would kind of come and go and be and then they would find out he was a farmer and pretty soon we're, we're dragging 20 people down the road with us as we're walking because they want to know more and talk to Gail not to the pastor not to the evangelist they want to talk to Gail so you might think, I got nothing to do with a trip like this. You know? and, and we planted nothing, and we harvested nothing in terms of agriculture, but we're able to plant a lot of seeds. And there, I promise, is a continued great harvest going on right now in Kenya where we just were. And I, I know you did want to say something to everybody, and I give you the floor. Well, first of all, I want to thank you guys for being mission-focused and for organizing these trips because I would have never made it without you guys, and I appreciate that. And you don't know what you have until you realize how much work Joanne goes to, and she kept this thing going, and Pastor Luke and Sandy with the uh, preschool, um, that's a mission field in itself, and yet she was there, and took my grandson with me, and Sandy and, and Harrison just connected, and it has changed his life as well as mine, um, and Pastor Luke was a great influence. Stand up, Harrison. This is my grandson, and uh, he really connected to Luke. Pull up your sleeve. So I don't know what kind of an influence it was, but uh, it is an influence. But Harrison just started at Iowa State and lived in Elkhorn, Nebraska growing up. And I was, I was a little worried about him coming up to Iowa State. And now he's got this church here close to Ames that he can come to. And so this mission continued to go in. And when Jill and I got here this morning, we were about an hour early and we were just looking out there. It is just so obvious how mission-focused you are. The building addition, the preschool, everything that's in the back. Uh, it's just wonderful that you guys are this involved. And I thank you again for giving me the opportunity to go. Give him a round of applause. Thanks. So, so who is this Gail and, and Harrison people? This is a, another one of those fun stories where as this thing was growing, clearly it's getting too big for just one church. And I start making phone calls to other pastors in the Iowa District West and over and over and over again, hey, my name is Luke. We got, I kind of know who you are. Chit-chat. Okay, and this pastor would say, send me some information, but I could tell they're just, they're not. It's just not. It's just not them. And then I called this guy, Coonley, Pastor Coonley. I have 
met him, vaguely know who he is, um, know that he's a relatively good guy, call him up, and I say, um, hey, we're going on these, these mission trips. Want to know if you're interested in getting your church involved. In fact, I've got a trip coming up. Would you be interested in participating, maybe going with us? And he goes, yep, I'll go. And awkward pause. <laughs> and I said, really? And he goes, yeah. I go, All right. So he didn't know who I was, really. I didn't know who he was. And he said, the spirit just moved him. He said, we'll go. He went on a couple of trips. Um, Gail is an elder in his church. Gail happens to be our um, council president's dad, <laughs> by the way. So again, cool Holy Spirit connection. One day, Elizabeth walks up to me and goes, my pastor from my old church went on a mission trip with you. And I went, who? <laughs> like, I couldn't figure out who it was. So just these little cool connections. And they're all in. So they're, they're committed to continuing to grow the mission in their church in Honey Creek. And as that continues to grow, maybe taking on more responsibility and, and leading whole sections of this, this Kenya mission thing. But that's not the only other church that's been involved. We've had at least three other pastors and two other churches participate with us. We have right now, going on this next trip, a week from Tuesday, we've got, you know, of course, our congregation well represented, also their congregation, and there's a young man in northern Minnesota who's going to be joining us, and so his congregation is participating as well. And we've got even another Another person and church participation, not too far from here with Samantha. Come on up, Samantha. Yeah, I didn't even warn you, but you're talking now, right? Come on up. I'm a terrible person, I know. <laughs> Samantha, um, member here for a long time. They moved far, far away to Pella <laughs> um, and was on this last mission trip with us. Um, what I... I look at you and I think, there's no way you can go to Kenya, right? <laughs> I'm just messing. Are there things that might have kept you from going to Kenya and how had you sort of gotten past or through those things? Is there anything specific that you're thinking of? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well, yes. Um, first of all, good morning, and I'm so happy to be back in um, this church. Um, one of the things that I, my, the first time I went, I didn't, I hadn't even crossed my mind before I said yes, um, about, <laughs> I'm a very picky eater. I don't, is that what you're maybe thinking of? It was on my mind. Okay. <laughs> and, and it sounds really crazy. And if, if you don't understand, it's okay. But like sometimes food can really scare me and that sounds really funny, but like it does. And, and so that was a really big hurdle for me. I prayed a lot um, about it. I prayed when I was there about it. I prayed before every meal, obviously, but then also about just help, God helping me through, through that. And I'll tell you what, it's no big deal. And it, it's kind of amazing how God does this work through, through all the things that you think that you can't handle, whether it's the heat, whether it's the, the, the food. The food is great, by the way. Um, and and I, it, it doesn't even matter because it just, it's crazy when you're there. You, everything that seems important here is, is not, and just God is with you 
God is in you. The people there are amazing. I um, would go back on next Tuesday with you if I could. <laughs> is there an opening? <laughs> um, yes, so uh, did I answer? With all of that, tell us um, something that, just whatever it is, why is this trip important to you? Oh why gosh. is it important? Just share something right out of your heart. Well, yeah, it's important to me. I, I'm a teacher. I teach high school um, students, and I talk about it at least once a week. I talked about it before I went, and I talked to them about all my concerns, and they just, they just, they want to hear all about it. Uh, um, when I came back, I had a show choir uh, kickoff, and I stood and talked to students for a half an hour about it. They kept asking questions as I was leaving. They were then sharing it with other students, my story with other students, and they were, uh, so interested, which I think is so great, and it's it's great how 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 it lives through me into my other students, and how they are inspired, and um, and I hear them say, I I wish I could go to Kenya, which has also made me wonder, like, can we get can we take <laughs> students to Kenya? Because I think that they would be. Um, I, I, it would change their lives as well. So, because of the trip, the gospel spreads to. Hundreds of high school kids in Pella, not even in our neighborhood. All right, would you give her a round of applause? <laughs> Those are just uh, a few examples. Um, I won't call out anybody else particularly, but I will give an opportunity. If anybody else who's been on the trip wants to come up and share something quick, and not even on the last trip, any trip, Anyone? Anyone? Okay. So, here's the good news. The good news, last point in the sermon, is this continues on. As Jesus said to those fishermen, come follow me, I will make you fishers of men. I love the language that essentially wraps who we think we already are in our, in our lives, teacher, farmer, or anything else and says, that is useful in my kingdom. Not, not because I need more fish, or I need kids taught, or more corn and soybeans, but rather what you have that is, that is the essential makeup of who you are is valuable in the kingdom. See, what we, what we are and who we are is valuable to the world only in as much as it's marketable, right? Does it make a profit? Can it serve a company or a business? Is it in some way something that can be used in, in the economy or, or something like that? But in God's kingdom, who you are becomes valuable, not because it's marketable, but because it's redeemed. You see, without him, we are simple broken sinners, but Christ Jesus, his death, resurrection, and then that forgiveness of sins takes who we are and redeems it and now makes it a useful thing for his kingdom. It's not about how old you are, how young you are, how long you've been in this church, or even if you are a member of this church, clearly it, that's not what God's kingdom is about. What God's kingdom is about is where Jesus is located. That's in us and then through us, he becomes located elsewhere. Thanks be to God, it continues on. And now, not gonna make anybody talk, but if you have been on a Kenya mission trip, please stand. 
And now I would like these people all to come forward. Like I said, I'm not gonna make you talk, but you gotta come forward. Stand right here, out in front. Just to get a sense and a feel for all of the people. Yeah, yeah, Elodad. Elodad was one of the three Kenyans who walked in the door. <laughs> so he can confirm that story's true. <laughs> so not all can go, but, but you all have sent these. Not all is, are able to go. There's physical limitations and other things, and we understand that. But just understand, all of us are called to participate in one way, shape, or form. Everyone in this congregation knows somebody from this congregation who's been on the trip or is a family member or, or extended somehow of that. And so this trip truly has worked its way into, this mission has worked its way in. As Gail said, this church has become incredibly missional. And you'll see a diversity, right, of, of age, gender, um, backgrounds, all sorts of different things. And everyone here, everyone standing in front of you right now has an incredible story to tell. I can walk through each person, um, and I won't share with you those things because some, some of them are private and personal, but they are incredibly profound and amazing and have shaped their lives. Everyone up here would tell you this trip was, was formational in their life. So if it's been itching on your heart, we have an application process, and that isn't to say you can or can't go, but it's to help us ask the right questions, get a good fit with which trip, because there's like three different places we go and all of that craziness. But with all of you up here, we also have online, we've got somebody in Bermuda who's going on our trip. You guys know her, Debbie. She's been up here singing for a while. We got a, a young dude up in northern Minnesota and some others around who are all going on the next trip. So with all of us gathered here, I'm going to have Dan come up. Pray a blessing upon us and a commissioning of the team that will be leaving on Tuesday and just um, a blessing over this whole mission. Can you hear me? All right. So uh, obviously you've heard the wonderful stories and the, the way God has been working in and through this group of people. So it's both a blessing and then a uh, commissioning for the group that's going to be going out a week from Tuesday. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to just gonna, uh, do, the, do the arm raising thing here and just put a hand of blessing upon all of them. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we lift up this group of people who have uh, been willing to hear your call, who have been willing to uh, sacrifice for your kingdom and we thank you for them. We thank you for the opportunity that the gospel brings, not just here now, but for eternity. They are doing work that endures. It is your work through your spirit and your word that has changed hearts forever. And we are humbled that you use the simple people like us to do this. So this, these missionaries to Kenya are just a blessing to the world, and they show you to those who do not know you. And I pray for this group that's going on on Tuesday a week from Tuesday, that they would be safe in those travels, that the Spirit would go before them, that those who are in Kenya that hear them and receive that wonderful gift of the gospel, they might repent and believe in the one true God, and we will rejoice with them. Even the people we do not see, we are with them at the resurrection, and we can know that their brothers and sisters in Christ 
here, there, and to the ends of the earth, this great commission to give us that we want to fulfill. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.